0: Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and welcome to part two on the uh, use of MIP imaging and 3D imaging. Looking at some of its advantages and disadvantages. In the last lecture, I focused a lot on cardiac imaging, looking at where uh, MIP is especially good, and then also mentioning some of its potential pitfalls. When you look at the liver... Uh, MIP has certain advantages, uh, but it's particularly valuable in looking at tumor vascularity. So within the liver, looking at neovascularity, and the same thing is true in the kidney, but I'll focus on liver. Um, I've shown that in many cases, we can pick up tumor neovascularity and recognize, for example, a hepatoma in a cirrhotic liver before we actually see a mass that's present. In certain tumors, both benign and malignant, uh, there are signatures that we can see with CT angiography particularly with MIP imaging that allow us to make a very specific diagnosis. And also the patterns of lesion enhancement uh, are very much critical, looking at neovascularity rather than just simply hypertrophy hepatic artery, hypertrophy hepatic artery might be an FNH, neovascularity might be in hepatoma. So let's look at examples and uh, the rules we follow work in adults or pediatric patients. Here's a patient with a large liver mass. This is a focal nodular hyperplasia. Very unusual that it's so large and also that it's an 11-year-old female. On the volume rendered images, uh, you can see the mass. You can see some of the vascularity going to the mass, the central scarring. But it's really on the MIP imaging that you truly see the neovascularity. And I guess I'm calling it neovascularity. This very prominent vascularity within the lesion. Beautifully seen. Now, you don't define the tumor as well relative to the rest of the liver, though you can see it because it is in general vascular, but it's this vascularity that we really see well. We also see very nicely when you look at the other images, the enlarged hepatic artery with these prominent vessels, and again, large hepatic arteries are very common in vascular tumors, but especially in tumors like uh, focal nodular hyperplasia. Very nicely shown in that example. Another case also of FNH, beautiful example where we see the mass on the volume imaging It's hypervascular, but not markedly vascular. It's not as bright as the aorta. It's bright like the cava. That's very classic for a a FNH. And what the MIP imaging shows you is a very nice branch of the hepatic artery going right into the center of the lesion. That's classic for focal nodular hyperplasia. Another case here's an example with very nice puddling, feeding vessels, small feeding vessels. That puddling is classic for cavernous hemangioma also feeding vessels when you look at MIP you see them now it's important to recognize you say gee I don't see those vessels on axial imaging and the answer is you don't because you're looking at slices and it's a little tiny vessel coming in and out of plane when you look at things in a global perspective another example with that puddling in the global perspective you really appreciate things better and it's not just in benign lesions but in malignancies in this case Vascular lesion, that rim is not hemangioma. That spits and speaks and is prompted to be tumor. Also look at the halo around the lesion. But also when you look carefully, look at the neovascularity, that irregular vascularity. And this was a metastatic neuroendocrine tumor. So just a very nice example showing you some of the spectrum of what we can see. And another example, axial imaging, cirrhotic liver, large mass, it's vascular. You know it's hepatoma. This is a big lesion, not a big issue. But look at it when I look at the 3D MIP images. Look at that neovascularity. You can see the feeding vessels. And I think this is a very important point because if you're planning to do surgery, you can determine resectability, you're determined to do uh, embolization. Whatever you're going to do, it's much easier to plan it based on looking at the vascular map, which you can see nicely in this example. Or this next case. This is a patient, when you look at the axial imaging, and I've given you a few good images you can see number of metastasis in the right lobe of the liver, and this was carcinoid. But I will tell you that I've seen this case, here it is in, with the MIP, look how many lesions there are. It's saturated, and I've seen a number of cases now where vascular tumors, particularly carcinoid or neuroendocrine tumors of other variety, like islet cell, where the liver on MIP is saturated by metastasis, and the axial images just are underwhelming, or even almost read as negative. So Again, very important point, you will see more, you will see things better. Now, pitfalls. Axial imaging, patient with Whipple's procedure for pancreatic cancer, widespread liver mets, easy to see in the axial imaging. You go to MIP, you go to volume rendering. Now with volume rendering, you really get a good look at the soft tissues. Uh, with MIP, you don't. MIP is the brightest structures. The liver parenchyma is just not seen. And so all of those liver mets are not being visualized. So it's important to recognize if you looked at the MIP, you would say, eh, the liver looks pretty good. But look at it. It's widespread metastasis. So again, important to realize you can't only look at the MIPs. And you've got to make certain your referring physicians don't be looking only at those MIP images. Now, I've mentioned before that when you're looking at global visualization of large vascular maps, including collaterals, that MIP works very nicely. It has the ability to define a large volume of data with this global visualization, and again, collaterals, for example, if you wanted to show collateral pathways where the splenic vein was occluded, that might be one example, Uh, but also when you're looking at large vascular beds, so I'm going to show you an example in a moment of a patient with Um, hereditary hemorrhagic telangiectasias where you're looking for AV malformations in the chest and this is just the ideal way for looking at it. Now also the same principle can have disadvantages when precise localization of adjacent structures are needed for example for laparoscopic surgery. Uh, As I'll show you, you can misinterpret the renal artery and vein, what's in front, what's in back, and when you use MIP, the relationship of distance is something you lose and you've got to be very careful not to try to localize based on where you think things are on the MIP. Because as we've said before, the brightest structures always seem closest and they may not be. So with pulmonary AV malformations, sliding MIPs, 10 to 15 millimeter slabs work very nicely. You can see in this example the axial, or in this example axial through the bases, very good visualization. And I'll flip that into the coronal display and you can see very nicely the capabilities in this case of excluding a pulmonary AV malformation. Now that same patient when you looked at the liver had a liver filled with AV malformations. Just very nice visualization. Looks almost like that islet cell, right? The metastatic carcinoid. But again, the MIP visualization very nice in that regard. Now, when you're looking at tumors, here's a patient with an islet cell with metastatic disease. Beautiful example of how MIP works out very nicely primary tumor, multiple metastasis, feeding vessels. Again, the relationships in 3D are lost, but detection is very good in that regard. Or this example. Here you see a patient where there are a number of collateral vessels around the duodenum, and when you look carefully, the patient has stenosis of the celiac axis. Now, what happens in this scenario is you get collateral flow through the gastroduodenal artery, the GDA, And when you look at these images, there's beautiful collateralization through the GDA. Now, in both the volume rendering on your left and the MIP imaging on your right, you see all the vessels, but look at the depth and perspective on the volume display, particularly the relationship, for example, to the SMA, and you don't have that sort of relationship, that depth perspective on the MIP imaging. So there are certain uh, disadvantages in that regard. You see all the vessels, but you really can't define uh, much information. Now, I mentioned before about the importance with MIP of taking structures away, the pitfalls with that, but again, rendering techniques like this, automated bone removal, everything's taken away. And so whether you're doing volume rendering or MIP, you have very nice visualization of the patient's graft from the lower abdominal aorta to the superficial femoral artery on the left. And again, um, the difference between the volume rendering and the MIP uh, is, is subtle somewhat in this case because you're looking at vessel patency only uh, when you're looking at where the vessels arise off the aorta think about the SMA in this case volume rendering shows it nicely on the MIP you lose the uh, the SMA in total and of course as you track downward the issue with calcification again simulating obstruction is a problem but from a global visualization standpoint very nice visualization of the patient's aorta and pelvic vessels Um, running down through the superficial femorals, down through the trifurcation. Very nice uh, visualization in that regard. Now in terms of uh, spatial orientation, I commented before the problems. Volume rendering always gives you accurate pixel-by-pixel, voxel-by-voxel information. MIP does not. Its relationship is based on brightest structure. Vessels brighter will appear closer regardless of true anatomic relationships. And let's look at some of the examples, and I like to show the kidney as a really good example. If I show you this case in a potential donor and ask you how many renal arteries there are, whether it's volume rendering or MIP, you would say two. Now the volume rendering gives you a better feel of the three dimensionality of the kidney, but both of them give you that information. But if I ask you what about this question, what about the veins, now we have a conflict. Volume rendering shows the vein in a classic pre-aortic space, MIP shows it retroaortic. Which one is correct? Well, the answer is the volume rendered images. The MIP, the aorta, is brightest, is the aortic dominant phase, and so the aorta is in front, and you would say the vein is posterior. Of course it's not. You also can look at this image and see on the volume rendering, you see the IMA, you see the SMA, you see the celiac. Look at the MIP images, you see none of those vessels, because Everything is just projected, and so those vessels are the same density as the aorta, and so everything is obscured. You can make tremendous errors. This would be an important error for laparoscopic surgery, but in this case, here's a patient who has on a coronal display a cirrhotic liver with partial thrombosis of the portal vein. Okay, what happens in 3D imaging? Well, in 3D... On the volume rendering we see the thrombus, on the MIP we don't because the contrast that's left in the vessel is projected and shows the vessel to be patent. This would be a terrible error. This patient could have been a transplant candidate but it's not because of the thrombus but from the MIP imaging you would say there's varices but there's no thrombus. So very, very important to recognize you can make terrible, terrible errors. Some final thoughts and w- with some examples. Vessel definition may be better on a true volume display than on a MIP just because you get the three-dimensional feel and I'll show you an example of fibromuscular dysplasia. MIP is excellent from a more global perspective as long as you don't need that spatial orientation because it is not optimized and as I've shown you is often incorrect. Reality is MIP works best when coupled with VRT or coupled with MPR. MIP alone is just not going to be enough. So some last examples. Patient with two right renal arteries, uppermost renal artery, nodularity, fibromuscular dysplasia, you see it there. There's no doubt you can make the diagnosis. You see it a whole lot better on the volume rendering, okay? No problem. Another case, here's a patient uh, who has diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and unbelievably also has sclerosing mesenteritis. So we look at the MIP imaging on the arteries and I'm showing you the patient's hepatic artery, GDA, no problem. Next set of images. Now I'm going to show you the venous phase. It's a beautiful example. Look at the confluence of portal vein, splenic vein, SMV. You see it's encased, you see it's narrowed. There's a large left gonadal vein. There are a bunch of collaterals coming off the SMV. You see that calcified mesenteric mass, which is the mesenteritis. You can see as I cover the pelvis, the large um, gonadal veins bilaterally. And this is just a very nice representation. The orientation of various structures is not really what I'm looking at here, it's the global perspective, the collateral pathways, everything that's going on. So one view, I have 1500 slices, global visualization. If I target back over the confluence of portal vein, SMV and splenic vein, and I look at these two images side by side, the image on your left being volume rendering, image on your right MIP, you can see the better definition and orientation on the volume in this case Though in this example it's probably not substantial, but again you can see as we go in and out of the image just some of the difference in the appearance and the representation. The same thing can be shown in this example, a very nice case of a patient with Ehlers-Danlos syndrome and you can see very nice common iliac artery aneurysms. and You can see them with volume rendering, overlying the bone, and I'll show you a few other projections. It's interesting, it goes right down to the bifurcation of the iliacs but not into the bifurcation. You can see this better if you took away the bone, but again with volume rendering you see it very nicely with the bone or without the bone, but again nice visualizations, color or grayscale. So here's grayscale uh, volume rendering, but now I take this and I put it in MIP. As long as I remove the bone, the MIP is perfect. You can see there's some contrast in the right colon which kind of obscures the right kidney inferiorly. We don't have the same detail that we had on the volume rendering, but again, it's a good visualization. You can then take this, of course, and use the MIP as a way of tracking, in this case, the lower abdominal aorta and the left common external iliac arteries. And then there it is with a uh, reconstructed uh, uh, slab through the course of the center of the vessel. And here it is again. So again, using both of the tools, um, using all of the tools from volume rendering to MIP to NPR, may be very important in cases like this. So we'll conclude then, hopefully I've shown you that MIP does have certain important advantages, it should be something you're very comfortable using, it should be part of your toolkit. There are limitations, there are pitfalls, you should know when to use it and when not to use it, but to recognize especially that never use it alone, and again if the clinicians see that alone, they can make a mistake in their interpretation, and hopefully in this talk and hopefully we'll share at the RSNA exhibit that we provided a good review of many of the advantages and disadvantages. We've shown very nice case studies, and hopefully those case studies will help you in your practice. And with that, that's part two of part two, and I'll see you next time.